So this is Hex Files. I'm Josh. And I'm Tamara. And today we've got uh, special guests um, from a little podcast you may have heard. Uh, it's Old Gods of Appalachia. And we're joined by Stephen Cam, uh, creators and um, writers and all around, I guess. Voice actors. Voice actors. Yeah, you guys do it all, right? Well, not all of it, but. We do what we can. Yeah, like we, yeah. we, have, we have family that help us out, but it's primarily. Yeah, we we cr- we actually create the podcast. We have yeah. we have some admin help on the back end, but yeah. But as far as actual create, we pre- yeah, just creator. Just we create things out of nothing with our brains. There you go. Uh, and blood yeah. and well, we're glad to, <laughs> we're glad to have you on. This room. Um, we've been fans since it started and captivated since then. Um, and I just talked to Cam on the other podcast, but this one will come out first. So we'll pretend you didn't hear that one yet. We just wanted to have you on to talk about uh, Old Gods, of course. And then we're all from, well, yeah, all from Appalachia. Yeah. So where are you guys from originally? Oh, well, uh, we're from Wise County, Wise County Virginia. Uh, we both grew up in and around the town of Wise, yeah. which is about, uh, probably about 15 minutes from the Kentucky border, maybe less. Uh, and about a, about 45 minutes to an hour from the Tennessee border, depending on where you are uh, in the county and how fast you drive and what year <laughs> it was and what road was open. And, uh, yeah, yeah, what year it was, what road was open, et cetera. Yeah. 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 yeah, so really southwestern Virginia, right on the southwest Virginia, eastern Kentucky line, but we are, we're southwest Virginia born and bred pretty much. Well, what is southwest, southwestern, southwestern Virginia. Sorry, we say Southwest yeah. Virginia because that's what we say at home. But we always have to add the urn to designate that we're not from just southern yeah, West but, Virginia. Yeah, because yeah. most people think you mean West Virginia. We're like, no, no, it's very different. <laughs> wrong state. Wrong state. Because I mean, now you guys are basically our neighbors. Um, we're all pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it was fun to kind of talk with you guys when it first started, and it's been um, amazing to watch the growth of the show and how popular it's become. But um, it's so cool because we like to, to hype up Appalachia and the area. And so y'all, y'all neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said earlier, Cursed, the original incarnation of Cursed was the first podcast we kind of became friends with on Instagram. And yeah, yeah, us, yeah. Pretty sure you guys are the first, first other podcast that shouted us out. And we're like, oh my God, look. Somebody knows who we are. <laughs> Somebody knows who we are. Yeah, look. <laughs> it's not and our it, mom. It was yeah. like we came across it being advertised and you, the name got us the um the imagery got us and it was like i'm excited for this and then to hear that first one and then it exceed expectations of like man this is this is good good ass storytelling like it was yeah it it was amazing i would have consumed it like a vacuum there was i could not get enough of it it couldn't come out fast enough yeah we're like damn that was only like 15 minutes okay okay how much longer we got (laughs) we had like a weekly like sit around and all listen to it together like house meeting old timey gather around children kind of yeah we put it on like the bluetooth speaker and it was like listening to like this radio thing and it was like i mean things changed and it turned into road trips and listening where you can but like in the beginning it was it was an event it was and so we're Aww. excited to finally talk to you in person um, because <laughs> that's, that's, I love it. I love it. I, I again, like I'm going to get this out of the way. We never thought it would get as popular as it is or any more popular. No, than we it had is. no idea. <laughs> like literally I was waiting to be called out on like grammatical inaccuracies or 
uh, my terrible Irish accent. People like people are like like oh, I heard the voice of the witch queen for the first time in forever, and and I tears came to my eyes. I'm like that is the worst Irish accent I, <laughs> I, have, I because I didn't want I didn't want her to sound like you know like she was a freaking leprechaun or she was from Ireland. She'd been in the colonies a while, so I just kind of did this default generic touch of the old world type thing to them that sounds like it sounds and people and I'm like I'm waiting for other actors to like make fun of me or just tell me what shit and the first time someone criticized it on reddit in the first week it was out because everybody were kind of very very kind and very gushy about it somebody's like yeah but this guy talks like really flowery and a lot do people really talk like that and I immediately like mess like yes please criticize me be my friend like tell me what I'm doing wrong what I could do better <laughs> and they were like yeah okay we bye bye <laughs> and, but yeah, but like, I'm sure there are people out there that have feelings about it. Like we had one pastor who's told yeah, us it was so when, I, when I tell you not to say life bereft, you won't listen to me. Nope. Uh, my prose is purple and it comes dyed naturally that way. Uh, <laughs> I will have my ocean of the life bereft and you can eat a sandwich um, on, on whole wheat bereft. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, I kept waiting for people just to hate it. And then like, we just watched our, watched how many people were listening to it and, and then we started seeing people who were way bigger than we are share it. And yeah, we never, we, like, I literally, like I'd been doing an SCA a medieval reenactment podcast uh, for just like a radio show, just for the music of that, that group. And, um, I, and I was pulling out a few hundred bucks a month on Patreon, uh, but I was doing it by creation, meaning Patreon only built my patrons when I put them, when I made an episode. So if I could not get kind like if I got used to having like that, extra $300 I better hustle and put out three episodes that month if I wanted you know that little that little tick and so when we did old gods I'm like, we'll do a patreon but we'll do it like by month that way we can create whatever we're comfortable with and we don't have to like scramble and we I thought we would get together and do like handmade crafts we'd be mailing out mason jars like all this stuff and then all of a sudden yeah. like we broke 3,100 patrons the other day and we just passed our one-year anniversary back at Halloween and the one-year anniversary of season one ending was like back in January so yeah. like <laughs> we're, uh, still, <laughs> we're still carrying on with uh season two well season two is also bi is also bi-weekly too we had it, there is that there is that as we realized that every week was kind of insane and the original plan, the original plan was every week we would have a, an episode, which would be a full-length story episode, and then I would just drop into GarageBand and put on some creepy stuff and do like a poem or a letter or some Easter egg that would connect that would be shorter. That's where the, the first yeah. one episode 2.5, an interlude. But those interludes started stretching to like 15, 20, and then, and then finally there was an interlude that was longer than a regular episode. Episode, so, yeah. So <laughs> we went into season two, like everything's an episode. We had one interlude that was unexpected that reflected on the deaths of some of our friends. Uh, we felt like we needed to step back before we went into the, the, the storyline that's going on now just because of the, the intensity of it. But um, yeah, so like we thought we would just have, and I, and I remember, you know, I've said this before, I remember standing in the little hallway outside that door and I'd kind of fleshed out the idea of what the concept was, not even the first story arc, but just like Appalachia is the way it is. And the explanation is, is because no one was ever supposed to live here. It's because this was built for, this was built by something else for something else. And I started sketching out some ideas and I went and, I just finished doing a Bardcast episode and I went and told my wife, like, okay, cool. We're going to have this money on Patreon and we can pay a bill. <laughs> and I went in and, uh, and I was like, you know, I had this idea for a horror 
thing. And I'd been listening to like black tapes and night Vale and small town horror, um, which broke my heart as did black tapes. Um, and I heard these really promising shows kind of like not in strong for whatever reason, maybe we were still figuring out how to do it. You know, like I'm not criticizing those folks, but, but I'm like, I don't want a show that does that. I don't want a show that like, that sounds like it was recorded you know, out of a wax tube in Thomas Edison's butthole in 1773. <laughs> but I've been listening to that stuff, and I went and told my wife, and I'm like, I have this idea for a horror show, and I bet it could make us like an extra grand a month if we do it right. And that was like, holy shit, that would be phenomenal. And I'm not going to talk about money, of course, that's just tacky, but like, right. it's, it's, it's our full-time jobs now. Like, we well, make our I think if you're, listen- show. if you're listening to this and you've like, and you know podcasts and stuff like you know i guess when people start this for the most part there's people that are like oh we want to do this to monetize it and i think yeah. you know that's always in the back of like everybody's head but it's you know there's there's nothing wrong with being like oh well we want to you know we did our patreon uh, starting with cursed i've combined them now because i'm not running two patron patreons oh uh, no that's so work. and um <laughs> we have like you know like some supporters that have been there since day one, it's like, why? Like, we love you for it, but it's like, and so it's kind of like, when you go into it, I don't think there's anything, but just to see the, I guess the shows you follow and like to to do well, like everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Because um, I think it's a medium that people really like to support. I mean, we have patrons that haven't even ever responded. I'm sure they read stuff and it's like, but they're every month since it started. And it's like, I mean, I just don't know that anything I've ever done was like worth supporting like that. But um, so I think, you know, people kind of understand too that, well, you know, I don't want to talk about money and it's not like, but it's just when you have something good, people want to support it. And, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, anything wrong, but yeah, like that extra thousand starting out would be like, well, that's amazing because coming from what you do, that's how you're trying to make a living. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Yeah. Yeah. And but it was quality content. If you have a good product, you should be making money. I mean, that's yeah. it's yeah. sweat and tears. It's, uh, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's our eight hour day. Like today, my, my day was, yeah. I got up, I did some more research on this one thing I'm working on for the show. Uh, I recorded some commercials for sponsors, uh, which that's become a new thing that we never thought we would have. And we have some friends yeah. who turned us on to networking for ads and, um, and that's, that's actually like literally like Cam lost her job at the beginning of the pandemic. One of our friends who was helping us lost her job uh, a few weeks into it. I was fortunate enough to be able to keep teaching through the end of last school year. But then like the show was in a position to support both of us. And then, you know, at first, like kind of me and my wife was able to go to grad school and that's being paid for by loans. So don't worry, you know, like, Patreon fans, you're not paying for my wife's education. Um, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> and, and then when we're not sitting on a giant pile of money eating fudge, you know, that's not happening. Uh, it's, uh, it's all, I got to pay off a of doctor bill uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that I thought would never be gone. Um, uh, normal people stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's normal people stuff for sure. Like, Cam, like Cam had to have a car repair done and it wasn't like, do I have to sell a kidney? You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was so. Thank you, every <laughs> everyone who gives us a dollar on Patreon or buys anything off Bandcamp or T Public or anything. If you're listening to this, thank you. Thank like you so you, much. Number one, you made like Cam says this. I'm gonna steal her line for once. You made one of our oldest dreams come true, to be writers professionally and create art and make money from it. 
and like that still blow like I, before we did the start of this of this recording my wife was in here kind of debriefing me on her grad school everything's online so like her grad school's in the living room and we were just talking about like you know we were both teachers for 16 years and how like i thought i would work you know till i'd, I'd work a half day of the day of my funeral because <laughs> uh, you know, I said I have to take the PTO. You know, uh, I planned on making no money, and like we lived comfortably. I'm not going to pretend like we lived in dire poverty. We've scraped. I mean, we finished every month in the red, but we we never starved. Like I'm not going to put on some show that we were like living out of a squat somewhere in the holler. Uh, you know, we were civil servants with a lot of debt, and we're still. And now we're podcast creators still with debt yes. <laughs> you know it's like a product like now with extra cinnamon and debt um, <laughs> now with cilantro and a better credit school uh, i taught high school english and theater um so much of what i do came from doing read alouds to middle school and ninth grade kids doing readers theater uh every year for ninth graders i would do of mice and men mm -hmm. and that's 108 pages and there are so many characters that are fun to do uh, Melvin who everyone loves Melvin from Baker's Gap mm -hmm. that is originally the voice of Carlson from uh, uh, of Mice and Men the guy who convinces the other dude to shoot his stinking old dog because they can't sleep uh, and, and he wants him to kill the old dog and take one of the new puppies and raise it and uh, Melvin is a nicer version of that voice you know and I've read of Mice and Men so many times like when I first fell into that voice for Melvin, it was just like, yeah, y'all. And it was like, well, that's Carlson. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to run with it. And, you know, because Carlson, because to me, that voice in my head is, Candy, why don't you shoot that old dog? He ain't got no teeth. Can't eat. Can't hardly see. Just hurting himself all the time. Shoot, Candy. Slim will give one of them pups that his bitch done have. Why don't you shoot that old dog? That's who that voice is in my head. He's not like, oh, Miss Walker, can I go die for the cause and be a hero to millions of people? He's not dying, y'all. Calm down. You know, like, that's not who that voice is to me, but it is now because he's freaking right. Melvin and he's taking on a life of his own. Yeah. But yeah, so like, so I taught high school theater and, and English mostly. I hadn't taught theater in a while. And I was a spoken word poet for a long time, competed national, coached a youth team. Um, so performing like with my voice has always been something I did. I never thought I'd make a living at it, ever. Well, like, cool because you did it. when we first like yeah when you you're first hooked especially being from the area and like you know loving the area for all it's good and bad but it's just like to hear you to hear you speak and like just the dialect and the terms it was like oh my god this is this is legit too this isn't just somebody trying to make a buck off like the stories of it like this is our actual neighbor like you we know these kind of people yeah the, the irony is like we were taught and cam can back me up on this we were taught for years to hide our accents like exactly. cam and i both have degrees in communication from uva yeah, yeah she did uh at podlatcha we're gonna have on this spring and i know you guys have been on there um, yeah she submitted her little voice to oh, their they did their yeah. little accent thing um, so oh, it's cool. in there like minute 10 or something like that. Yeah. I know you guys can't tell, but I do have an accent. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's, but like, this is my neutral Asheville teaching voice. If I am presenting or recording or reciting anything for, for, you know, professional consumption, I know I still have an accent when I sound this way, but this is how I, this is the best I can neutralize my voice, which it used to be even more severe, but now <laughs> sounding like I'm from back home is my default state. And my, my wife, who is a Cajun from Louisiana, but um, uh, doesn't have a Cajun accent. She, but she's a, she's, she taught Spanish for 16 years and she's a linguist and she picks up other people's accents like a sponge. 
so she was she was just like we were watching the if you haven't watched the wired.com videos on a tour of american accents there are two two parts oh, of those that. are one, so good that's yeah, one, interesting i'm waiting one is that. one is 20 minutes and one is 15 minutes and then we're i'm starving for part three yeah but we were talking about how people from the delta and creole folk like uh those languages are just, they just meld and change and whatever and she just looks she's like you've ruined me <laughs> you have ruined me. I'm just in here yawling and y'all here you in there talking about Papa and Mamma and and I lean into the accent and like my some of my friends from back home they're like we tried to listen to your show you're trying way too hard <laughs> and I'm like listen motherfucker uh, two double IPAs or a barley wine and that's how there Daddy sounds all right that's, it is it is and I mean it, and that's because they're used to the way we normally talk which is you know we worked hard for a long time to neutralize our accents because i mean we were legitimately mocked if we if we went outside the area um like i i went to when i went to grad school one of my when i was a teaching assistant and one of my students little bitch from uh charlotte charlottesville 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 <laughs> yeah decide decided that she was going to mock me for my accent which i thought i was doing a pretty good job neutralizing and uh and i just you know i'm like well i'd like to humbly remind you that i'm grading your speech people pe people who, who, who don't people who don't know cam uh, number one, don't realize that Cam is tiny. Um, like she's a, she's a, like we're both kind of hobbit sized, frankly. We are. Um, we are very hobbit sized. Yeah, we, we're small people, big boys, small people. Um, but uh, Cam also, like you finished your, you finished your master's at like what, 22? Yes. If that, if that, like Cam finished her, like she finished her bachelor's in like a year, and I, like two years, two and a half years, like two, two and a half years, yeah. Graduated high school early and young, and just like she's yeah. a force of freaking nature. I, 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 and, yeah, I graduated high school like, a semester early and just went ahead and started college as and practically a junior I went to, and I, I went to uh i had a bunch of like um dual enrollment yeah i had I'd done I'd, i had done a dual enrollment class or two and then also had um what AP. was it you you took oh, ap i had a i had credits because i took ap classes and took the ap exam and I did and AP exams and I did well. And so, so I had all of that. And then, you know, and then I went to summer school as, and, you know, because I just, I liked what I was studying a teacher that I liked was teaching. And so, yeah, <laughs> I was done like in a very short period of time. So she went to the university of Georgia with one of the most competitive communication departments in the country. And they were not always nice to her. And I'm not saying that's like, Oh, pity him. No pity them. Because, <laughs> because they well, are. They, they were really disappointed when I told them that I was not going to just immediately continue on to the PhD. Once they, I mean, they, yeah, they were, I was, yeah, I was, it was really strange and it wasn't, it wasn't really the professors. I don't think they knew, but like a lot of the like organizing social gatherings for the department was left up to one of the other grad students who just took a dislike to me from day one and never told me threatened. about things. Threatened. threatened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. And so, yeah, and they were, and then they, you know, and I'm, you know, I was very quiet. I was, I was like, first time away from home, I was like terribly isolated and depressed. And they, and that made it much worse. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, 
and then they saw my thesis and were like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> uh, you're, are you, you're staying, right? You're going to do the PhD. No, I'm going home now. I might come back later. I'm going home now, though. <laughs> she got a master's degree. Got her master's degree in healthcare. Moved home, decided, did that for a minute. Then was like, no, I think I'm going to teach myself digital development. And then did that and became that. That became what she dominated the world at, or did very well at. Didn't starve. Um, and that's why <laughs> when I when I and number one, I know her writing. I've known it since she was. We were both very young. Yeah. And uh, when you know when when I started the project, it was it was just going to be me at first, and then I thought, oh, I, I want to talk. Cam needs to write, and I and she always told me that grad school burned all the creative writing out of her. So I was like, Cam needs to write. I want to get Cam to write. And then I, <laughs> yeah. I said, Well, you write an episode, and she's like, Okay. That's right. Yeah. And, and then the episode turned into three, like our episodes do, <laughs> like they tend to do. <laughs> and and then that turned into like, Well, let's do this together, and that turned into Deep Nerd becoming a real company. And us yeah. becoming partners and kind of like where where this where this thing is but like yeah like like but yeah back home is back home and i cam has no real reason to go back to wise her mom doesn't live there anymore no mom uh, doesn't but, live there and uh now my, none of my family lives there anymore so it's other than uh my half sister lives in i think she? they live in norton now oh so, but yeah, she, my, can, I mean, there's nothing to do over there. So if she wants to hang out, she comes over here. Yeah. My, my, my family, my sister and her <laughs> two boys and my mom and dad and my dad's wife and those folks are all still out there. Yeah. They're still living and kicking. Dad's siblings are kicking off one by one. Uh, but uh, God bless them. I miss them. But um, yeah. So no, I, I still have roots back there, but I don't, it's hard because I know, I know there are people out there that, and I'm going to get, little personal for a second people out there who who probably listen to the show and judge me because i have talked a lot of shit about appalachia in my day i desperately wanted to get out. i stayed till cam got out went to grad school and then moved to the tri-cities i stayed till I, i'm not saying this with a badge of honor or to brag i stayed till i was 29 because i took a bullshit corporate call center job right out of college and then milt then moped around until i decided to be a teacher and went back to school for that and lived with my mom in the town of appalachia virginia thank you very much tell me how to pronounce it um but um i live there um but um yeah so I, I i was stuck there and i have a lot of baggage as much as i in fact we take a lot of pride in the representation we bring for the queer community and uh for you know the, not for the ace community non-binary for everybody that we try to represent you know um as best as two white cis people can uh and um uh, but at the same time, my creation of, uh, uh, or my, not my creation of, my my showcase of that is kind of in response to this really feel-good pushback against the Trump years of saying, oh, no, look, Appalachia isn't pure Trump land. Look, we have people of color. We have trans people. We have queer people. And, I, and we're here. And I'm like, yes, and how have you been treated for 300 years? Right. Yeah. And well, yes. I, that, that's yeah. Sorry. With the with the accent too, like it's not just that. Like um, us both be well identifies queer. Not only the accents, but you you play passing. You know, you play those oh, things. Yeah. Like, oh, I know I'm going into this small convenience store in like the middle of Trump country. I'm gonna play up the accent, the beard, just look like you know. I'm gonna drop my voice about an octave a little bit here. Just make sure. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not, straight country fellow like yourselves um, and i totally belong here i know what's going right. on <laughs> I, don't know, I think i rainbow flag on oh uh, uh, 
irony, but no. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's a love hate relationship because when I grew up, my family's from the West Coast. Uh, but when I grew up, it was one. I'm I don't want to have this accent because I don't I didn't have one as strong as some people because. I was learning from people that were from California. I didn't have, I wasn't hearing, you know, that accent growing up. Like you, where your family's from. Yeah, we're from, you know, from Lincolnton. Lincolnton, from the foothills. Oh, Lincoln, not Lincolnton. Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, Lincolnton. <laughs> Lincolnton. Almost as much fun to say as Rutherfordton. Yeah, but Rutherfordton. And that's the thing is like, you downplay it and then you talk a lot of shit because it's like, you know, like, fuck this place, I don't want to be here. And it's like, un until recently, I personally found, you know, pride in it. And that was with like, between working with witchcraft and stuff and, you know, trying to be more, you know, in tune with nature on that kind of path. And then it's like, you fall in love with the area, but you still have that hatred for like, what can come out of it. I mean, so it's a, for me, it's a love-hate relationship. Like, I mean, I love it and I love being in it. And it's like, it's sad to see what the region is affected by with poverty and the the brainwashing with that right-wing bullshit. And it's like, but at the same time, it's like, I know that I'm still, as much as I love it and want to support it, like that's a thing with um, the one the one we found and like some others and like Apod Lacha has mentioned it, like, like we, there's nothing where we want to keep these people here. Like the people of color. Um, the brilliant minds. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. so I feel like we had talked about on the Cursed episode too, even with witchcraft, there's like this draw to like this region's magic. And like right now, and um, you know, I feel like it's a beautiful place. There's so much creativity and art and wonderful stuff that comes out of it. And it's been so shadowed on purpose where even the own people want to get out and they feel guilt and shame for, for being that. And so when I, when I do my voices, when I get a little bit too much or we're talking about like, Oh, you know, you're from Burke County. It's like, I'm not mocking you per se, but it's like, that's, that's the dialect that like, I've, you know, and yes, it's a little exaggerated, but that's what you've tried to pound out of yourself, like get rid of. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of a rough thing because it's still not a very tolerant. It is in some places. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, a Asheville is, if you're a white lesbian or a white dude with dreads, Asheville's a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're a trans person of color, you might find a little bit tougher road to hoe here. Right. Uh, because Asheville has this, Asheville has this representation, this, this reputation of being like this queer oasis or this big, and it is, it's, I will, the best thing I can say about my city tourist hellscape that it is, is that kindness is common sense here. It is a very queer city. It is a very white city. White. Miracle yep. whip. White. White dreadlock. People, I think Todd Barry said when he played here, white people with dreadlocks, white people without dreadlocks living together in racial harmony. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, um, I steal that joke from him all the time. Uh, that's Asheville. But that's Asheville. You, you, it, nothing a craft beer can't fix, you know. Uh, nothing craft beers and $15 barbecue can't make right in an afternoon. And I always um, say, like, Asheville to me feels like if Portland was a little mountain town, like, and didn't do meth or didn't do heroin. Right. We do do meth. They do do meth. Yeah, meth yes. But, um, <laughs> but, but yes, lots of, lots of white people. Um, feeling and, real good about themselves. I mean, you're wearing your burial shirt. We were just talking about burial. Um, oh, I just shipped a buddy of mine a bar uh, burial beer. He'd never received beer via UPS. 
uh, labeled as a package of books and orthotics. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maryland doesn't take kindly, but I see some burial. Burial is magnificent. I mean, the, there oh, are yeah. great things about the city. Please, just like Appalachia, I, I hold my city. I try to like I judge my city as I as I you would. Just live there long enough to to develop an intense hatred of tourists. Yeah, tourist and tourist syndrome, where you just scream profanities as soon as you leave the house because you you see you see tourists and you just want them. But right now, especially during the pandemic, get the fuck out of my city. Uh, like 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 actually, Buncombe County's rates have not been terrible. Henderson County, where I live, I li- literally live five like five miles over the border into the next county, uh, and the taxes go way much lower. But uh, our, most of our numbers have been driven by the fact that where we're out here in rural Western North Carolina, it's a very high concentration of nursing homes and elder care like facilities like there are ones that look like massive ski lodge developments and they're all elder care facilities and that's where they're that's why the numbers are worth are. but it's still still we still got to fix that but anyway um yeah so like it's a it's a complicated relationship uh with back home uh Asheville is Appalachia oh, Asheville is Appalachia and is an Appalachia in the same token okay. um geographically yes spiritually not so much <laughs> it just depends it really just depends um it's like not, it, i think it took I no a really long time to develop an appreciation of of the region um because you know of the things we've talked about you know there there is racism and you know uh homophobia and transphobia here and also just like i mean we you know sure we're white and cis but we were the weird kids Mm -hmm. and we were not well treated in our hometown (laughs) so that's what my my bio says that you know i've been they could you can confirm the fact that i've been fixated on the occult and the supernatural most of my life and i've been called devil worshiper enough times to to prove that and uh and just trust us when we finally do do the season that's set in the satanic panic it's gonna be fun but yeah yeah, i mean that's just i mean you know it's like okay, well, you know, any kind of witchcraft interest in it or practicing, um, having all these things, like, you know, for me, it is easier because I can, you know, I can pretend like I'm not those things. Um, I can pass, as it were. But, you know, it's still like, you want to see the region do well, even though you know it's been exploited, like, its entire, you know, from its inception. Um, and I think that's part of the problem too, with that love, hate, like learning to find that appreciation for it and that value in it. Um, because again, it was, it was done on purpose to, to not like the region, you know I mean? To to judge it. So that people devalue themselves. Number one, taught to not like ourselves. We're taught not to like our culture. We're, yeah. We're just hillbillies that don't know no better. We're not represented well. Right. We're, our intelligence is always questioned. Right. So much that we start to do that to ourselves, which is really limiting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people from here that could do that and, um, and say that same thing where it's like, I love this region, but at the same time, it's like, if it you, weren't for the you people have to crit- <laughs> if you love something, you're critical of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't, it's not to be like one of the nationalists of like Appalachia where it's like, ain't nothing wrong here. Um, no, there's a very great deal wrong here. But, um, you know, I think what I kept saying to Cam, I think y'all show really helps show positivity and interest in that region and, or our region, yeah. I should say. But yes, I think 
you're one of the cogs in the in the wheels of trying to get that like that change and to like show like what comes out of here because we have some paranormal friends which we should talk about some too but we have like uh, I think she's in Washington one of them was like oh my gosh I'm so interested in like the Jake Richards book and like backwoods witchcraft and um and like oh that podcast sounds great and it's like yeah like our magic's awesome here and there's a lot to love about being from here so it's cool to you know to hear people talk about it in like an interest and like oh my gosh instead of the well don't you know in a what we've always heard <laughs> yeah in a way that's not to neutralize not to patronize not to cartoonize or characterize right. just a right. true appreciation for the absolute value of what's here yeah, no, it's, it's, this is, and I, and I will say, um, it, my love and hate and all the things that I feel about it are complicated. It was recently the anniversary of my mom's passing, my mom's mom, who raised me from the time I was three, because my dad was injured very badly in a, a mechanic accident on this, on a strip mine. Uh, he was electrocuted really badly. And that's a whole other story. But my grandma raised me for a long time. And she is the only person in this world I will ever believe unconditionally love me and good people have loved me and good people love me, but I will never allow, maybe I won't allow myself to feel that, but where I can't, but she was an angry, conflicted, problematic as fuck, abuse survivor who came from a very broken, very toxic home. And she taught me how to love through sacrifice and through that you don't hide how you feel because if you if you bury it down you ain't gonna do nothing but make yourself sick and that's why I'm loud because she was loud in certain ways um, and she is the woman who taught me how to love when I think she probably herself felt very little love in a lot of ways until she had grandkids of which I was the first and the best. Um, <laughs> when I spoke at her funeral, I, she had just found this church community in the last couple of years before she died. And I said, I just want to remind, you know, my cousins who are here and the church, I was here first. <laughs> and that was one of the first things I said when I spoke at her funeral. Um, but her, she was a complicated person and that place did complicated things to her and it did complicated things to all of us. And I don't care who you are. I don't care who your family is. I don't care where your bloodline runs to. I don't care what book you wrote, what banjo you played, what records you made, what Bible you signed, what church you started, uh, how many times Ralph Stanley sued your dad once. Uh, and, um, you know, that's uh, a true story, different story, different time. Uh, you know, I don't care who you are. There's no, there's, there's all mountain folks are mountain royalty. And nobody gets to tell us how much we get to love or hate our home. If you don't like it, don't listen to my podcast. You know, uh, people seem to like it. So again, I just gave a thumbs up on a podcast. I know what that's about, but uh, zoom, you know, get the bonus zoom footage. Um, but yeah, so like we, we love, we love Appalachia. We are of Appalachia. Um, anybody wants to dispute that uh, we can step outside for, I will not fight you because I'm, I'm still getting in shape. Give me another eight years and I'll be dead, but that's fine. <laughs> I will haunt you as a revenant and then you can't beat me because I will kill your entire family with my teeth. I'll have one tooth. Then I'll just be a, just be an Appalachian Hank. Just, yeah, I'll be a Hank. Then you'll just be a Hank. You'll be a Hank. Yeah, but um, yeah, so 
Yes, we're, we're, we'll thank you everybody that supported the show and given us a dollar or, or just listens and follows us on social media. We have no idea in some ways how popular we are. And I don't say that like, oh, shucks, because we don't know. Like until like we you talk really to somebody. Yeah, it's hard to tell. And we, 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 then we talk to somebody, they're like, oh, you, you want to work with us? Like, we really can't afford you. And we're <laughs> like, what do you mean? And they tell us like, what? Like, oh, no. Honey, you can't like not in a bad way. Not like we're fancy, yeah. but it's just like, yeah. oh gosh, like what? Let us. Can we give you a dollar? Like, can we, like, <laughs> yeah. like I got a couple extra, and I got you know. But like it was just yeah. So it's just like it's one of those things where like it's still so weird that I walk, I get up in the morning, eat something, and then I come in here and I get to make come like there's that that meme on Facebook. Describe what you do for a living very badly. I say I make monster noises in the guest room. that's what i do for a living and 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 you know and uh cam kills people with religion uh that's that's kind of what we do for a a living well so what um what's interesting to me is how this ties and i can see more of like where your idea came from where it's like well why is this land seemingly cursed why is you know all this so i can see kind of like like those wheels turn when you say it feels like nobody was supposed to be here um, and it goes down to what's like the, the very first intro or, um, where it's like, oh, it gets darker here, uh, earlier because. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's from the, that's from the Daryl Scott song. Well, it's from an, that's from an old yeah. saying, the sun comes up about 10 in the morning and the sun <laughs> goes down about three in the day. You know, but, <laughs> I, mean, I think you do a, I think you do a good job at painting the picture, um, and writing. I thought it was interesting that, um, Cam was like, no, witchcraft was never really like going to be a main theme of it. Till we got it, she started writing it. And, we really uh, got into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad it is. Because <laughs> I thought it was so weird how I was like, oh, there's got to be, when I talked to Steve on uh, Instagram, I was like, there's got to be witches involved with this, or they're just really good at their homework. Because, like, I could tell he's like, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> not me. He was Correct. like, correct. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it's a matter of we we want everything to be as authentic as it can, which is why I, I find it so funny. People love the witch queen's voice because it's like the worst accent I can do, and like so we just try to make up for that with like uh, place names or family names. So we get so many emails of people who I never thought I'd hear the name Bledsoe used in a in a, you know in fiction or Mullins, and uh, I guess somebody messaged us about the Valentine's Day special, no spoilers, and they're like, finally the Mullins is wrong. We got representation, and Wilp. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like that's what happens when your family shows up on old gods uh um, kill them all Sorry. Yeah, the, the gibson family at the beginning of season two that's cam's partner's last name yep so i'm so sorry brian that i murdered <laughs> your family sorry <laughs> well, what so, an honor to be murdered on old gods right yeah well that's that, that's just kind of yeah and, and that's 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 the perk that we need to add on patreon there's a upper level perk that you get to name a character with our approval and i i think we said we 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 need to add a disclaimer that we get to decide how that character dies because <laughs> that character is going to die <laughs> yeah it's like um like the game of thrones thing like don't get attached um yeah do not get attached to anyone <laughs> um, well so like um because except except the dog you know you can get attached yeah, yeah, yeah. to you can get attached to sam sam will pass away to sam all day that's fine if sam if sam passes away it's of old age and he that's was happy and full of squirrel the whole time and nobody hurt you didn't and you didn't pull the horror trick of quietly like, in his sl- in his sleep in his favorite sunny spot on the porch okay that's yeah. that's how that's how sam's gonna go don't worry it's fine. you didn't do and that's not for a long time 
I'm going to interview the sweet animal just to kill it kind of thing that horror, you know, horror movies. Yeah, I, I can't, I, that's not a thing. Like I'm, I'm such a constant user of, uh, does the dog die? It's like, oh shit, there, oh shit, there's a cat in this. Oh, there's a dog. Yep, stop, pause. It's going <laughs> and I will stop watching immediately. Yeah, it's like, nope. And you'll see Wait. like a hundred people get eviscerated and it's like, oh my God, did that dog just get shot? I can't. This is awful. I can't, I can't, can't watch this. We have to stop now, this now. I, I will say in in the in the uh, animal sacrifice sequence that is in the sacrifice, Cam does mention that an old dog is sent for. That old dog never showed up. That's what that I'm saying. Old dog never Canada. showed up, y'all. That, yeah, that owner said. <laughs> I mean, for, that, this, for those who wonder, that old dog never showed up. Yeah, and when and, and when uh, and when Cletus went to his house and his dog wasn't wasn't there, what because the dog was dead, that dog knew what the f was up and he got the hell out. <laughs> and it just it got in the truck with somebody and they that dog is living in Breathitt County now and is doing just fine and, uh, <laughs> just fine just fine now the the, the the cows and the and the the farm animals sorry sorry yeah um, uh, they, were, they were they were food anyway sorry yeah. <laughs> but we will net we will sorry go ahead no I said they had it coming anyway the cow. So, <laughs> but, I, but I, we have the same pledge that Magnus does the Magnus archives says well, there'll never be a sexual assault scene Nope. Which is not to say sexual assault doesn't exist in our world. It does. We have women who are survivors. I mean, our most popular female care women characters are sex workers or or have sex work in their past. That's a reality. That will be mentioned past. You know, it'll be. It's part of. But I don't ever want to define a woman. A, a fe- I'm not a woman. In case you don't notice, by cis man. That's what you got right here. And I think like I'm I'm getting to the point now to where with the glasses and the hair, I just radiate bisexual podcast host. Like wherever I go, it's just like <laughs> it's kind of like the spirit of bisexual Ira Glass just radiates off of me. Uh, so like I gotta like not shave and let this get scraggly before um, before I, I go try to like pass it in, in a convenience store. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but like yeah, but we'll never run a sexual assault scene for that kind of trigger. And the dog and the cat always live. Those yep. are our uh, our, our promise to you. Our, our promise to everybody. Like I yeah, I cannot like I said. I will never soft shoe the atrocities that happen anywhere, but I don't have to like peel them back. You're not, for you. yeah, we are not going to describe this in living detail. You don't uh, have to entertain with our with the current the current storyline uh, that I'm writing involves uh, domestic violence, but I'm not going to give you the play by play. That's not, you know, that is not going to happen um, because nobody needs that. Yeah, I think I think door under the floor on patreon the ending of that is the most like that that's true true yeah. still supernatural violence because lavinia is who lavinia is yes but uh but that's but, the most visceral like person being killed yeah that we, that's not just been like burning bodies or just figured reanimated yeah. things like you know that, or that is the most like you know slasher flick we've gone on the show carol Ann, carol ann's death in season was, one that was yeah that was pretty rough too um that's a character you want to talk about like a visitation uh of somebody that was never alive uh i did not intend to fridge carol ann but like when i when i wrote the scene of the avery homestead in season one uh of sarah coming home and you know her daddy's been killed in the mines her mama's hanging from a tree and looks like she's gone to go find him and i wanted to compassionately address what i thought at the time when i wrote i want to compassionately address like grief and suicide and and talk about that as gently as I can, and even have this child kind of understand that as best their their brain can, because Sarah is an exceptional 
child as you as the story has borne out but then like i i went to write the finale of sarah's act and there's even still a graphic of it on instagram a sign that says you are now leaving barlow and that episode and it's called the last avery girl and that episode never got produced because as i was sitting trying to write it i'm like something's not like something's just not there's something's keeping me and basically i'm like and i'm just going back to my notes and i'm like carol ann like, what do we know about Carol Ann? Like, I, I don't want to fridge somebody. I don't want to just like have her. But my, my writer brain is like, no, it's cosmic horror. There's fallout in cosmic horror. There's horrible depression that leads to death, that leads to this. And it's cosmic horror and it's cold. And you will do this. Meanwhile, there's basically this woman standing on my desk going like, I had a daughter. And I loved her. And I would not leave her. And my husband was a good man and that land is all we had and it wasn't much of nothing. And then next thing I knew, I'm like, yes, ma'am. And I was <laughs> writing care. Of the, and then the Walker family was born. I literally, I'm like, okay, I was stuck writing. So I'm like, I'm just going to freestyle record some stuff. Some, some, usually that stuff doesn't make it in, but I, but I knew I wanted to write about a town called Tourniquet, West Virginia. That was, that place is an invention of mine that's based on a couple of places. Uh, but I, I wanted to write about a place that was designed to stop the bleeding and I, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to make her mother uh, a sex worker and a madam. And like this, I'm, I'm going to have her descended from a woman who made her the kind of Appalachian badass that we never knew she was. And I literally just freestyled. I'm like, the town of Tourniquet, West Virginia, Sheila Walker established such and such. And, and just the name, just, I did not think, I did not know about the Walker sisters of West Virginia. I'm, I'm, I will claim Appalachian history ignorance. They're fantastic women with an incredible history. They're, I wish my characters were based on them or named after them. They're not. And I spun this yarn of this backstory for Carol Ann. And then I worked in two sisters who helped her deliver the baby and the curse that eventually does what it does, the protective wards that do what they do that play out that episode. And next thing I know, I had two, those two sisters show up at the end of the of episode, uh, Are You Ready to Go Home? And next thing I know, I have an entire franchise of people who are begging for these two women that I created as just like these mystery aughts who return. I seriously meant for them to show up and then vanish and make people want stories and I'll buy time. I'll write about them. Right. No, there was no waiting. There was no people wanted walkers and they wanted <laughs> they walkers wanted now. now. So that's where the, like, this is a very in-depth, like I've, this, I mean, just give me a second to get this all out, you know, because I didn't just, not like I just made this up. Um, it's not like you are channeling people, exactly. maybe not people that existed, existed, but you're, you're channeling spirits of some kind. It definitely seems like. Oh, I know all seven Walker sisters names. Cam named Dougie, yeah. uh, who y'all met in season two. And I plugged Dougie in when I made the chart. I'm like, well, I'll put placeholder names. No, I know their names. One of them was almost the name I used for Floyd to have a little sister in season one, uh, in season two, in season two. I, want, I, I When Floyd met Cowboy, he originally brought his younger sister down with him, who was mean to Cowboy at first, and then, um, and then like eventually came around, and then I realized I wasn't doing anything with her. Like, like she was just there, and her name was Priscilla Rose. And I knew that name belonged somewhere, so when I started filling out this Walker family tree chart, uh, Priscilla Rose Walker fell in with one of the older girls. We may not ever hear her story. We might not ever meet her. She might be gone for all we know right now, yeah. but I know who she was. I know who her daddy was too. Well, I don't that's know if he's in my special or not, but 
I think I may. I, I just have chills thinking about like channeling these people that existed in some way. And even if they didn't, they do now. Well, that's what I think is like, and I kind of mentioned that to Cam. I was like, do you ever feel like with the, you know, how well it took off and like the different stories like that, that your like spirits of place are like channeling through you or moving through you. And she's like, not the monsters, but maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe the good spirits, but not the monsters. And it's like, yeah, well, um, yeah, it's just weird to have, you know, to feel like this inspiration. There's the voice of Miss Lavinia. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then to think like, oh, well, maybe something is like, you know, a little bit, like, what'd you say? Channeling, yeah. like channeling the, yeah. um, something. There are, maybe not an actual person, person, but yeah. There are things that come through that just come through so naturally. Like I know what Cletus Garvin looks like and I didn't write him. Just like Cam, pull, Cam pulled him out of an amalgamation of people that she encountered secondarily through my yeah. life because Cam didn't grow up in church. I did. And she, when we went out, like in yeah. when we were younger, like she came to church with me a bunch and she saw those older men and she saw who, and we knew those old men and we knew who they were. And, yeah. and, and his name actually comes from two old, not based on it all. There were, as far as I know, two, two good old dudes, but one's name was Cletus and the other's name was Garvin. No, sorry. Darvin was his name. And I changed it. So it wouldn't be like, yeah, these two deacons who always sat like in the their families were related, so they sat in the same part of the church or whatever. They're both nice dudes, but like those names just stuck, and and like but Cam pulled that character like from the head of Zeus, like just like full formed apparition with you know and all his kids, his, his, kids, his kids are named kids. after named after Cam's damn family. Yeah, I've often a good portion of my family. <laughs> Well, all, all the boys from Death Island, all the boys from Baker's Gap yeah. are my friends. I'm in, I'm, I'm one of those boys. You're like, I hold mean, up. That felt really like personal. No, no, it was personal. Oh, no. Death Island is very, <laughs> Floyd and Cowboy are That's completely invented characters. Floyd and, and Cowboy are completely invented characters. Like they were written for the show. Like I didn't, there's no Floyd. I never knew a Floyd. I never knew a stand-in for Floyd. Archie Stallard, however, I FaceTimed with the other day, but his name's not Archie. Uh, Curtis Kilgore, I FaceTimed with him a while back. Actually, he stopped by on his way back, going back to Wise from Maggie Valley on a motorcycle trip a while back. Uh, um, Dallas Shepard and Shane Shepard. I've got a cousin named David, and my name is Steve. And those two characters are, Dave called that one perfectly when he heard the show. He's like, it's like you took some of you and mixed it up with some of me and vice versa. <laughs> And like, and created those characters, but scrawny little Shane raised by his grandparents. That's me. I also gave him kind of sort of the least to say, even though he was kind of a big loud mouth asshole. I didn't want to like make it all about him because it was about Floyd and Cowboy, but Death Island was a real place. It was a little peninsula that stuck out in the middle of Bear Creek Reservoir, Wise Lake. When it, when the water was high, it surrounded on three sides. There was one little strip of land that connected it. It's where we sword fought. It's where we shot 22s. It's where we you know, just went when we needed to go somewhere to get out of the house and we weren't driving so we weren't old enough. Uh, it's underwater now from what I understand because they've raised the dam. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, but it was a very, it was, my, you know, like I, somebody said that that part of the season, season two feels like an Appalachian stand by me. And that's high, 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 high praise. Yeah. Uh, the body I mean, is okay. such a good So guy. first off, I felt that shit too. But when we first started listening and then you start talking about how you don't really have these like gory, image i was like that's it and i described listening to it like kind of similar to that like the stephen king style of 
it's terrifying. It's like, it, it gives you goosebumps, but you never really like do that. It's like what that, it's what you build. That's like, I mean, I remember when, um, and I can't think of the name, but um, is it, whose dad was it? When he's like basically melting when she, you know what I mean? And season, oh, Sarah, Sarah's dad in season one. I was going to say Sarah and I was like, I'm going to sound, because yeah. I'm the worst at remembering names from like, that's why I, I have a lot of names. Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, bull, trivia bullshit. But um, like just the way it was described, it's like, it didn't even have to be gory, but it's like, the way you like present it it just i don't know it's deeply unsettling yeah unnatural it doesn't follow any of the rules of nature but that felt very like stephen king-esque where it's like it's just however the way you word it and how you guys write stuff it's terrifying and it's scary and unsettling without being cheap and without it builds it slowly builds this like and then you stop and you're like oh i have full body chills just from that picture you put in my head. Um, and it was very subtle. Like it wasn't very like in your face gory, like, and then her arms were cut off, her hands were cut off and that kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cam stands Stephen King a lot more than I do. And I'm a King fan, but for my money, when King isn't writing horror, it's when King is writing. Stand By Me, The Green Mile, The Dark mm-hmm. Tower series up through book four, yeah yeah um uh uh, at pupil uh uh the running man uh or the long walk i guess it's actually called the body when stephen king at at pupil is arguably horror just yeah yeah yeah, but yeah but yeah but it's yeah yeah exactly but like he's not writing schlock there he's writing psychological yeah you have a pet nazi you know um um yeah like (laughs) yeah like that kind when he writes that kind of stuff like Dreamcatcher does nothing for me. It, it, I think walks the best, best line of like small town horror, huge supernatural. It really enemy. does. I mean, that's very. It combines some of the best elements of Stand by Me. Yeah, uh, he does that's such true, a yeah. job grabbing that that, that friendship. Mm-hmm. The and one that's what me, but like one of my favorites is Pet Cemetery. But it's all those little things in it. Yeah, and I know that's horror. But it's the little things of like, it's not about the kid dying and coming back. It's not about the cat, spoiler alert. No, Pet Cemetery is a book about grief. Yeah. That is entirely about what Pet Cemetery is about. And that's the horror of it. Yeah. It's, it's about what it's would really you do? Book. You know you would go do it. You know you would Yeah, go you know you would. So uh, do you um, have any personal paranormal experiences that either are going to make it in, well, I guess in general, have you had any? Before I ask if any are going to like, <laughs> inspire the show or have done anything you go first sensitive right um i mean i don't think they're gonna make it into the show probably um but i will tell you uh, i like so the uh the uh for about a a year a year no it was totally a year um from the october of 2018 to October of 2019, I lived in this townhouse and it was beautiful, like uh, spacious, like gorgeous hardwood floors, like I, high ceilings, like I really loved it. But when I moved in, one of my friends, one of my witch friends comes over and, you know, we're blessing the house and everything. And she's a little more sensitive than me. And she was telling me about, you know, yeah, there's some of the, some of the ghosts that are there. She's like, yeah, but they're, you know, they're fine. 
you know, they're, they're, they're pretty harmless. And I, you know, I'm not like one of those people who's like, Oh boy, we better, better call the exorcist. <laughs> you know, no, I'm like, Hey, if you don't bother me, I ain't going to bother you. It's fine. Um, so, but it was, it was, this house was haunted and, um, so one of the ghosts was a dog <gasps> and uh, dogs, like running around in here now <laughs> like that you're yeah and I one of my well that's the thing one of my I was on the phone one night um with one of my friends and I had been playing rec I had been you know playing records and you know you, you sit there and you're flipping them and so when he called and I you know paused everything and so I was just kind of laying in the floor next to the turntable talking to him on the phone and I keep keep hearing tap 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 and I was kind of like god Loki would you just would you just lie down and I turn and I look over my shoulder at him because I and Loki is lying on his bed asleep Ooh. tap jingle tap jingle tap jingle is not my dog <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody's yeah and none of the neighbors had a dog on either side of me. So where it's like, oh my God, would you stop? And it's like, wait, oh, wait, one, two, three. Oh, they're all in here. Okay. Then what's doing that in there? All right. So that was, you know, that's the first thing. Um, and then when Brian and I started dating, um, he's a lot, he's very sensitive to spirits always has been. Um, and so they talked to him. Uh, they, uh, one of them spoke to him and said hello to him in the garage one night when he was taking the dog outside and that was fine. That was all good. And then got, we disturbed something right from across and then you what? And then we disturbed something. Uh Oh, uh, there was this uh, Saturday afternoon. We were, uh, I was in the bathroom getting ready, you know, getting ready and everything. So we were, I think we were going to head over to Asheville. Um, you know, go to a couple of breweries, whatever. And I kept thinking I smelled smoke. And so we start, you know, we're freaking out, thinking something's on fire. It was a real hot day. And we, so we're going, we're looking downstairs. Uh, we're looking downstairs uh, in the kitchen where we go down to the garage. We cannot find anything. Uh, look outside. Nothing's, no, nothing's burning outside. And finally, you know, we go back upstairs and look up and we're like, Oh shit, we need to check the attic. Now we'd never been up to the attic. Didn't need the storage space, had never gone up there, never really thought about it. Uh when we blessed the house, we we for didn't really pay attention, didn't think about it. So Brian goes up and looks in the attic. And there's nothing there. There still no smoke, nothing. We're like, oh, whatever. And after that, whatever is in the attic is very unhappy with him and starts harassing him me to a lesser extent but like you know he can't sleep you know he's never been one to have anxiety but he's just like skin crawly anxious at night can't sleep uh and it would do this thing and it would and it did this to both of us it, it would wait until you're just about to fall asleep and laugh in your ear Ugh. and so this was in the summer and this went on, you know, a couple months, and it was getting to be about time to renew that lease. And we're like, nope, let's look for another place. <laughs> time to go. Bye-bye. I love being woken <laughs> up to laughter when I'm, you know, 
Oh yeah, and like you know, like a creepy cackle kind of laughter too. It was, it was, oh, it was not. You funny. can't go to sleep after that <laughs> shit. No, 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 <laughs> go to sleep after that shit at all. Yeah, I, I, I got the play by play of all that as it was going on. You uh, so you, I take it you moved out and never looked back and didn't have the problem anymore. Yep. Had to be- well, I mean, I won't say there's been nothing here, but it's all it's benign totally benign like turning turning electronics on and off kind of regular stuff no big deal i ain't paying the power bill turn that shit off <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> what about you steve you have any um uh yeah i've got a few um my family would never admit to like sensitivity or anything running in it because we're very free will baptist um oh yeah but that's there but but like i have always I've always, again, been fascinated with the occult or whatever, but I always consider myself the Bible boy. I was the guy you wanted there at the seance with the Bible ready to rebuke whatever it was that uh, <laughs> might be coming through the, uh, the the mirror glass there or whatever. Uh, I've got some, there's some stories from that, but some of those are a little, little, a little like I could take them apart myself, even though I was there. But um, I'm, I've, the one example that, I, that I, when I, I thought things were in my, I realized things were in my family, ironically, weirdly, my dad's side, which is the very religious side. Uh, my, there's an apple house that's in our family by marriage. And it's still, if you Google Cobra Mountain Apple House, you can see pictures of it on Facebook. My dad's there making apple butter with his brother who, whose late wife owned it and her family owned it before that. And they owned the orchards. And there, there was, this is a prelude to something else. I'm going to keep this super short. Um, there was a, there, every, once a season, we'd go out and they'd boil apples and make apple butter, whatever they do to apples. Please, the apple butter people don't come for me. Uh, they, we would make apple butter and drink cider. And it was a whole family gathering. You'll see pictures. You can see pictures of that of my family without me on, on the Facebook. And, um, and the building is old. Like, it is like Southwest Virginia old. And um, Older we than were, yeah, we were, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's, that shit's been posted on our facebook group so much i want to love y'all family in the fellowship hall but please don't yeah, we love it. y'all uh, but anyway so we're all in the we're all in the apple house and sitting around and my cousin my cousin brian who is now in his 30s but the time was probably like four or five and he was a smart kid um and uh, he was homeschooled and still turned out to be a smart kid. God bless my aunt Susie. Let her rest. Um, uh, he, all, out of nowhere, we're all just talking. And I'm probably like 14, 13, 14. And he's like, Mommy, who said John Quincy Adams? And we're like, how the fuck does a four-year-old know who John Quincy Adams is? I was like, Ronnie, what are you talking about? He's like, somebody said John Quincy Adams. He's like, Quincy, like that. And we're like, I know what. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, okay. And he went back to play and whatever. My aunt Pammy got into researching the deeds. And the man who owned the Apple House before it was bought into her family was John McKenzie Adams. That's crazy. So that's one little thing. That was when I was first like, I'm not the only one that's had stuff i bet I, and i'd be curious to know if brian i would never talk to him about it because it's not his thing his wife he would be freaked out probably but uh his wife's lovely he's lovely too but anyway uh i taught so my 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 most recent experience of a couple of years ago i taught at Asheville high school here in Asheville, north carolina i taught for the yeah, school of inquiry i i uh, taught for the school of inquiry and life sciences uh, which is a magnet type program in the basement taught english for them and i coached spoken word with the slam team there for a while i was there for about six years and um that high school was designed by the, it was originally the black high school. 
for, for the city and Asheville City Schools, which does not need to exist. Buncombe County Schools could run the whole thing, but Asheville City Schools exists kind of as a legacy school system for the black residents of, of, uh, of Asheville. And, and we serve more black students than the rest of Buncombe County combined. And this, is, this story doesn't have a racial overture. I'm just being clear of, of that the school has history. And the school's like creeping up on 100 years old, the building is. Uh, and it's beautiful. It looks like a castle on the outside. If you've never seen Asheville High School, Google Asheville High School. It looks like Hogwarts uh, without the, well, maybe with some of the transphobia, but with a little bit less. Uh, but <laughs> it looks like a freaking castle. Um, yes. The auditorium, now the arts theater only seats about three or 400 people. And it's a black box stage and it's meant for active plays. The auditorium has a balcony and seats the whole 1,500, 2,000 people that can go to that high school and is where all the musicals and that kind of stuff go on. So for spoken word, most of the time we were in the arts theater, but for after school, because nobody ever booked the auditorium for after school stuff because they didn't need a space that big, uh, we would do it in there just because there was no other place to practice. And I hadn't spent a lot of time uh, in the auditorium, even, even though I'd been teaching there for three or four years. And when I did, my kids were always seated back under the balcony like not in the view looking down not in the orchestra but kind of back that's just where ninth graders ended up sucky seats you know um so we were doing a workshop and we're like cool let's all get on stage we'll do some warm-up activities and we'll do whatever and then i get my 10 or 12 kids up there with my other co-teacher heidi and some other people and we're hanging out and i'm like okay cool whether the weather is hot weather the weather i'm taking through like you know warm-up exercises and something is just looking at me and I'm, and it's not a good feeling. It's not like, oh, a former student's here to surprise me, you know, or something. And I kind of turn and look up at the balcony and it wasn't a physical like light, but it was like suddenly someone just like put like a freaking cop mag light, like right in my face, like a blind, I could not like face that direction. Like there was just this hostile, like, we see you, no. We see you, and I, I literally kept directing, like, running workshops from, like, pacing back around, like, out of the view of the balcony. And, like, and when I left stage and handed the activity to someone else, I went, like, around the outside of the building and came back in under, and I didn't feel anything. The second I stepped in the view of that balcony, it was just, like, this wave of, like, nope, not you. Not you, you're, nope, nope, nope. And whenever I monitored assemblies or we had programs, I would always stick to the walking the rows back under the balcony. So after a couple, three years of this, I just decided, you know what? It was, it was a year I lost my room during my planning period. I had to let a floating teacher use my classroom. I'm like, I'm going to go up there. In the middle of the day, nothing spooky. Like there's all kinds of life energy in here. I'm going to go and I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm just going to go do it. Lights are on in there. You know, band is going to be, we'll be in there practicing for Christmas rehearsal, for Christmas concert or something later. I know that's not a dead space right now. I know that like the living are trampling all over it, you know, whatever. The balcony had been closed for renovations for a long time, for, for a year or so while they, they fixed some stuff because they'd been leasing it out to a church. You know, you have, a, you have those pop-up churches you see like the windsock signs for. Yeah. Uh, there's a church called Elevation that was using the auditorium and they opened the balcony because they needed the overflow. So I'm like, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check it out. So I walked into the balcony and I was fine at first walking through the door. I'm like, all right, uh, okay, this is fine. This is all right, you know, whatever. And then the second I kind of stepped out of away from the door into the center of the balcony, my, first of all, my attention was immediately drawn to the back left corner like a magnet. And all that was back there was like what looked like a 
uh, like electrical equipment, like where like a circuit board would be mounted, like, you know, something, you know how schools have the industrial walls that are all padlocked up, you know, whatever. It was modern. It wasn't even like old school. And then there wasn't anything to be back there. But whatever it was that didn't want me in that, that auditorium was there. So I'm like, and I was just full of myself that day. Because I, I, I tend to have a pretty good relationship with these feelings. And when I've encountered things, I've been able to be like, cool, you go your way, I go mine. Or this is mine. This is my space. You know, you can have yours, but I'm, I'm peeing on these trees. This is me. I got my big boy britches on today. I'm yeah. walking to that corner. <laughs> yeah, I was born a prince of hell. All right, step back, you know. And uh, so, like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going over here. I'm going to see what it is. I took two steps into the aisleway toward that left corner. And I couldn't lift my legs. Like my quads just locked. One of my knees seized backwards. And I thought I had torn something. I thought like, oh, great, Steve, you come up here and you've like managed to, your old man knees have finally like given out. And you like- You get it now, then, you old son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, and then I, and I just realized, uh, I just realized my legs were tightening and my hips were locking up. And I'm like, and I'm trying to like take a step forward and my body's just like, mm -mm. Nope. And I'm looking at back at this area. And I'm like, there's nothing back there. I'm looking at like a broken, a broken seat, maybe some old exposed wood, like something that's like some marker of something, you know, some sign that something old is here or has been, but everything's been built over. Everything's been renovated, but whatever it was, I wasn't. And I finally, finally, I literally out loud said, okay. And I stepped backwards and almost fell because my body released like almost immediately. And I never went back in that balcony again. I have a picture of it on my Facebook. I'll send it to you on Instagram yeah. of, the, of the doors. Because the way the school is, there's the basement, which is where my school was. It was, it's the, 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 the building is like this big triforce. It's not a conductor of supernatural activity at all, just by architectural shape. No, it's not. Google Asheville High School. Um, yeah. uh, and, and it was on CNN for a haunting. Mm -hmm. If you go on YouTube and search for Asheville High School ghost, you will see. You and will I'm going to say this. Ghost. You will see the shape of a child, a small child standing in an, sorry, you will see a cloud. You will see a mist that takes the form of a small child clearly silhouetted in a, in a uh, elevator door at two in the morning inside of Asheville High what? School. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's Google on YouTube. Asheville High Ghost because the local news and CNN, somebody else did a story about um, it. You, you can get us in there. No, not anymore. <laughs> if, this had, if this had been last year, if this had been last year and a and a principal ago, yes, I would have had a key. Uh, but like that guy's gone. But um, I thought we told uh, you were gonna come back here, Steve. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What? Yeah, but, they're, 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 but you can just look at the doors and because so like so you, so the basement doesn't have access to the auditorium. It's under everything. The main steps you go up to Asheville High, when you look at the pictures, it's like a castle. The main steps to go up to the main doors put you on the second floor, which is where the entrance to the auditorium is. The entrance to the balcony is on the third floor of classrooms. So the school is a rotunda in the middle that goes up all the way through and then has three branching arms off of each of those. And then in the corner of one of those is the door to the auditorium's balcony. And those, and no matter what time of day it is, and it's bare glass, but just the way the light falls and the way the overhang is, it's always dark. It's always, it's always, I'll send you a picture. It's all middle of the day, three o'clock after I just finished my last class. It is pitch black through that class. Hmm. And, and they, and in fact, I think you have to have a key that like, I don't even know if they're, 
I may be remembering wrong. At one point, they didn't have the outward handles on those. You had to have like a T key that you pull and turn, and then you could pull the door open for the balcony right. when they were under renovation. I think the picture I have, the door handles are, are on. I could be wrong about that. But um, yeah, no, whatever it was up there did not want me there. I don't have any backstory. There was a, a girl who haunted the hallway I taught on because apparently the two rooms that got turned into a science lab and uh, two other classrooms used to be a, a recital hall for music. And our clocks would stop, would just pop off the wall. Lights would go on and off. Even if you turn the motion sensors off, they'd get turned back on. Like middle of the, like I would turn them off while all my ninth graders are seated. And we could just, and I, I named her Agnes. I don't even know her real, I don't even know her real name. I would just be like, Agnes. And stuff would go back to the way it was. Like lights would come back on or the, the flicker would whatever. But like she was friendly. And I knew it was a she. The energy was definitely feminine. And uh, she was playful. And my science buddy, who there was a bathroom in between us, and he said, like, yeah, like, uh, like my clock would stop, his clock would fly off the wall. And it was just her passing through, we would say, and like she was kind of, so there's all kinds of stuff in Asheville. And it did wouldn't surprise have, me if, I'm sorry. Did you have anybody else have experiences on the balcony? Did you find out? I know you said you don't have a backstory, but I didn't know if you, it was like specifically you. Or well, here, here's the thing. The video you can watch on YouTube where you see a mist take the form of a child yeah. is where that mist comes from is the main entrance of the auditorium. Oh, okay. So the rotunda, which looks occult as fuck because it's a seven sided uh, or no, it's, it's, I think it's seven sided. And then there's a 1930s light fixture hanging down in the middle. I mean, it looks like a ritual area. They're like, you know what? Uh, put a small demon yes. in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i don't know what's up there i don't i don't need to know what's up there whatever it is is not something that's identifiable to me and i'm okay with that uh whatever it sees in me that it doesn't want i don't have a conflict with it as far as i know or i didn't while i was there i didn't feel like there was some secret i was supposed to uncover or any that's the thing people don't understand about sensitivity sometimes it's not always like an invitation to a quest it's not like i'm gonna go find grandma's bones like it's, I've got not, a great... a, it's not a side quest <laughs> you're yeah, not a bloodhound yeah like <laughs> Like I, I have a friend who tells the story of her family staying at this Airbnb in Italy when uh, her dad's, the, the officer's housing where her dad was stationed over there was being renovated. And she kept being, and this old woman kept coming in her room and shaking her awake, asking her if she had seen her boys. And the last, and the last time it happened, she woke up with scratches all down her from like hips to thighs. And she was like 10 years old. And then like, they, they left, they like left and went and got like, like a no, modern I'm hotel. Just, I'm just renting. Yeah. I'm, I'm just here for um, the weekend. No, I'm not going to help solve a mystery. <laughs> not today. Yeah, but then, like, but then several years after that, her dad was in Italy when they'd had like a minor earthquake. And this little town had been like all kinds of historic buildings had been thrown off their foundations and had collapsed. And, he's, and he was looking for this one uh, restaurant he'd eaten at that he wanted to see if it was still there. And, uh, and he saw the, the bed and breakfast they'd stayed in and it was marked in blue, I think it was blue tape, which, which over there meant like an archaeological dig. And, uh, and he went and he asked, he's like, Hey, what, what happened? He's like, well, the earthquake happened. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, what did they find something like historical here? He's like, he's like, oh yeah. It's like, turns out this place was like smuggling Jews out during world war two. And they found a mother and her two sons like buried under a sub basement that had collapsed, uh, in, in the, you know, under this place. So like that, and that's her, wow. her dad coming back, telling that story. I have no verification. I can't right, show right, you right, no, if that's cool, true, yeah. but like, that's a family story from a friend of mine up in DC. Her dad was a colonel in the air force and uh, she was like born in, born in Italy, lived in Germany most of her life. So, and she's, she's goth girl sensitive. She's like a walking, talking cartoon though. She doesn't talk about it. And that she told me that story like 10 years ago. 
but uh, you know, there's other stuff I could tell you about my stuff as a child, as a youngster, but like, eh, as far as what might work its way into the show, um, Curtis Kilgore in uh, the Death Island arc, the boy who sees the shadow that's not his daddy, uh, is based on a friend of mine who lost his mom when we were in uh, high school. And his mom and my mom were best friends in high school. And that's how we knew each other. Cause my mom would go, Hey, his mom got cancer and died when we were in 11th grade. And I stayed the night at his house so many times. Like this is my friend who was actually passing through uh, a while back. And it was about a couple of months after his mom had died. And I'd spent the night over there and his dad was, uh, his dad worked in the mines for a minute. And his dad eventually became a, a respiratory therapist. Uh, uh, and I was in the kitchen. I was the first one up. And I uh, was eating coconut donuts in his, like those little, little Debbie packs. That and Dr. Pepper remind me of his house so much. That's all that was ever there. And I look up and there was like, uh, you know, a home interiors mirror, you know, with like some nice ornamentation on it, you know, home interiors, yeah. you know, yeah. hanging on the wall in the kitchen there. And I look up and I see his mom and she looked the way she looked before she died. And I'm still half asleep. And to this day, she said to me, you take care of him. And when I heard her, saw her lips move, saw her bald as she was. And I went back and laid on the couch and went back to sleep, wrote it off as, you know, wrote it off as a dream for the longest time. But like his mom died when we were in 11th grade. Um, and then there was just a chain of death of friends and loved ones that followed him the rest of his life. So when I wrote Curtis, that's not, that's not my friend's story, but I grew up with a boy who was haunted. But yeah. And kind of because when, I mean, that's where, you know, creatives and the like pull from our personal experiences. So it's cool to hear all the little nods to like those people that you know or something that you, you know, it's like, of course, it's dramatized in like a horror podcast. So it's like, no, this didn't actually happen to me. But those little things that, you know, make the story come um, and have a different life, but kind of like a homage to, um, growing up and stuff is like it's perfect that's why you feel like it's the fucking stand by me because that's what you do thank <laughs> y'all so quick, much yeah thank, thank you so you. much for having us thank on you. um real quick so happy to have you um you can find them at old gods of appalachia wherever you listen um you can find them on social media we'll put tags in the show notes but right. we loved having you um can't wait to talk again and have those beers at burial one day when covid's yeah, over. yeah really when Absolutely. the plague is when the plague is over y'all we'll eat right. good food We'll drink good beer. Everybody Absolutely. be safe. Wear your goddamn masks and stay home. Love y'all. Yes. See you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks so Bye -bye. much. Bye. Bye. Bye.